0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. everything I know about me about myself that I've grown into into being is because I spent time alone it's not because you know I've spent nonstop time with my husband after all the years we've been together and now I know who I am no it's because I've had time to myself and I just encourage travel in all kinds of forms and in all kinds of settings
0: Hey, loves, it's Wanda, the host of the Black Women Travel Podcast. I'd like to invite you to become a patron of the Black Women Travel Podcast. There are a few budget friendly tiers you can choose from so that as a community, we can continue to heal, ask for what we deserve, get it, and inspire the next generation. Tap the link in the show notes and choose a monthly contribution that suits you. I'm so excited about the episodes you'll hear that will nudge you to love yourself deeper and take more action in your life from that empowered place. Please consider becoming a monthly subscriber through patreon.com slash Pod. Get ready to hear another great episode. So thank you so much for joining us today. Can you please tell us your name, where you're from, your current location, and the name of your business?
1: My name is Ashley Anadelli. I'm currently in um, the Bay Area, California, in a small little city in the East Bay. Um, I grew up here and I live here. Uh, My business is called Fly with Two Ys Family, the travel agency, and I also have a blog um, which is titled From My World. that's at myworld.com.
0: So give us the tea. Like, how did your travel journey begin? Uh, did you come from a traveling family or you discovered it on your own
1: later in life? I guess maybe I have to say both. Uh, both my parents moved to the Bay Area when they were in there. Well, my mom in her 20s, my dad, when he was about uh, eight years old, from Chicago and from Florida. And so my mom's family is all in Florida. And... My brother and I, we traveled to Florida. We tried to get there once a year growing up. So I would say that I traveled my whole life from the like I don't know, ten weeks old until until now. My parents actually went to Europe and Hawaii a few times without us. My dad would win these amazing trips through his job every year, and they would leave us behind. I would just I was so jealous. I just wanted to go so badly, and. I, I haven't I wholly expected let me be real I wholly expected my father to send me Europe when I finished with undergrad as the graduation gift because I begged him for so long he did not um and so I kind of took myself to uh, to Mexico that was my first trip overseas or out of the country um, my first time getting a passport I was 22 years old <clears throat> so that kind of sparked this interest and this need and this desire to kind of See what else was out there. And so I've pretty much been traveling as often and as far as I can get um, the last going on nine years now.
0: Yeah. Have you talked to your dad about, like, uh, remember that time I
1: graduated and you didn't send me anywhere? Like,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, all the time. <laughs> yes. And he's like, oh, but it, it built character and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. He's like, you got there, didn't you? <laughs> wow. So, yes, I do uh, enjoy reminding him of how my mom especially like remember that time you left us for a few weeks and just were out remember that remember how that felt um but now as a mother i totally get it and i have stopped <laughs> guilting her as much as i used to because everybody needs to find away from their kids i get it
0: <laughs> so that has like radically i don't know has it radically like informed your ideas about travel because i i saw on your blog you talked a lot about the importance of Solo travel, couple travel, and family travel. So what's your... Um, um, wh- how has... Because you, your your son Solomon, he's only two, almost two? Almost 2 mm-hmm. And then you just have a wee one that's like months old, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's eight weeks today, actually.
1: Wow. Um, being a mom has only changed the way that I travel. It has not changed my desire to travel. I kind of thought it would... Everyone tells you, oh, go get traveling out of your system now as though it's some sort of like thing that you just do and then you get over it. And it's anyone who's traveled knows that that's not the case. And I knew that when I decided to start a family that I would want to continue to do this, um, having children was very purposeful for us. It wasn't something that just happened. So we planned for it as best that we could. And we knew there were things we wanted to experience with and without kids. And that is kind of why I talk about the importance of doing it all and all the different kinds of formats that you can travel in because traveling with kids, it just slows you down. And a lot of your schedule becomes about them and what they need to do. It's a lot like being at home and that's fine because, you know, you, you love your babies and you want to spend all your time with them really, but a healthy relationship I feel is one where you spend time with your family, children included, you spend time with your partner and you spend time by yourself because Everything I know about me, about myself, that I've grown into, into being is because I spent time alone. It's not because, you know, I've spent nonstop time with my husband after all the years we've been together and now I know who I am. No, it's because I've had time to myself and I just encourage travel in all kinds of forms and in all kinds of settings. I love that you emphasize that
0: importance of spending time by yourself or with yourself, not necessarily by yourself. Sometimes you, okay, whatever. (laughs) Um, Because it seems like, yes, there's a desire for companionship in all of us, Mm -hmm. but that can also get lost, your identity can also get lost with that
1: desire, right? Oh, absolutely. And I've been there. I mean, I'm I'm 31 this year. I've been with my husband since I was 16. And I used to hear people say that and be like, you weren't really together at 16. But like, you know, you have a boyfriend, you have a girlfriend in high school. And then, you know, you go to college and we were only apart for one year, our first year in college. And I ended up at the school he was at. And I don't regret that for a moment. But in your early 20s, you were so susceptible to these like crises of identity and trying to figure out who you are. Who you want to be? At one point, I was known as Boba Juneday's girlfriend, and that drove me crazy. You know, it was like no one knows who Ashley is. Oh, she's she's Bob's girlfriend. Used to call him Bob, and I would just be like, I'm so much more than that, you know. And so it was definitely a conscious effort to separate the two of us um, and kind of grow separately. You know, that's just more personal than it is travel related. But yeah, and so. In 2014, I actually went to Costa Rica for two weeks by myself. That taught me a ton of stuff about who I am and the kind of traveler I am, the kind of woman I am, the kind of partner I am. And yeah, I just, if I could encourage women, young women especially, to do anything in their lives, it's not to not be in love and it's not to not share your life with somebody, but it's definitely to share your, your life with yourself, if that makes sense. You know, accept who you are and who you're growing into being because the longer you try to snuff that out, the more miserable you're gonna be. no
0: that's deep,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's so real you talk you said that this is that the relationship is not like travel related, but it absolutely is because sometimes people are seeking themselves when they travel sometimes they're seeking another mm-hmm. form of escape when they travel so like it's, it's layered and nuanced, I think, uh, the reasons and the ways that people travel. So it's really interesting being knee deep, neck deep, neck deep in a relationship from the age mm-hmm. of 16. Like that's real, real. So mm-hmm. being able to have the insight to say I need this time versus like, oh, I'll have it when the kids are grown or when the kids are older at the very least. And they're in school and whatever, whatever. I love that you're prioritizing it now mm-hmm. and, and have been because you just you all just started having kids. Was that was waiting to have children intentional?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. I am a planner and probably to a fault, I'm a planner. One of those people who um, you know, we talk about imposter syndrome, right? This has been something in my mind for the past six, seven years since I went to graduate school, but now it seems like something people are really discussing. But the imposter syndrome for me was like, you um, need to plan, 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 and then you'll be prepared and you'll be ready enough and you'll be good enough for X, Y, Z. And the same thing happens when you, you want children because it'll never be the right time. You will never have enough money saved. You will never have done enough in your life separately from them to say, okay, I'm ready to give up my whole life and now raise human beings. So, yeah, having children was definitely intentional for us. Um, we kind of had a plan, okay, let's finish school, let's do some travel. And we had a pre-baby bucket list, which we didn't even meet that list, which is fine. We pick it back up when the kids are older and they can just come with us, you know? So, yeah, everything, a lot of what we've done has been intentional. Not to say it has been easy starting a family. We've definitely had um, some devastating moments. but it's been intentional and every step that we've taken has been um, towards the life that we have right now. And like
0: being on, being on the same kind of page with your husband and like before when you were just boyfriend and girlfriend, cause like both of you were young, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. you're both figuring yourselves out. And then mm-hmm. you have this other layer of togetherness that you're also having to consider. So were you always kind of on the same page with that? Or was that something that you both had to kind of work out in terms of like, just kind of your lives, essentially? So travel, yes, but also Mm -hmm. like, oh, school is really important or this kind of work is really important to me or this kind
1: of lifestyle is really important to me. (laughs) I love this question. Um, Yeah, so... uh, I would say we were raised similarly in the sense that school wasn't an, wasn't an option. College was never presented as an option for us. It was presented as something that you do after high school. So I think for us, going to school and finishing school was a no-brainer. When I was an undergrad, I didn't really know what I wanted to do post-graduation. you know graduation. I majored in sociology, and I have a, a minor in Spanish. And so I... Again, just wanted to see the world. I didn't know what that meant at 22, but I just want to see the whole world. Um, I always joke that if I hadn't been madly in love, I would have left and moved to Spain and, and let the cards fall where they may have. That didn't happen, and that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> so, um, And then he's an engineer. So our minds think very differently, but they complement each other well. In the beginning, when we we're in school and we we're in um, in college, there's lots of headbutting with the difference in ideas and how we wanted to see our, our spend our time and have how we wanted to spend our money. Um, and so I always say that he grounded me in the sense that he made me responsible. He made me look at the bigger picture of like, well, maybe I can't spend my last time on a flight to Las Vegas. That's not. How I should spend my money, <laughs> you know, and then on the other hand, I'm telling him, yeah, that's true, but we can't save every dime and not live our life in the, at the same time, you know. So when we're when we were saving for our condo, our first property, they was like, yeah, I'm down to save aggressively for this, but I'm not going to save every dime and then be miserable for the next two three years while we're saving and not get to do anything that's going to fulfill me, which is which is usually a new city, a new show, something exciting like that. So. We've maintained our differences in that way. Um, But we've also kind of, I guess, melded into each other as far as accepting the differences and letting them grow us as a couple. And I think grow us individually as well. Because at this age and at this stage in our relationship, our marriage, our lives, I can see parts of each of us in one another. Like when I'm talking to him, he's beating me back things that I've said to him. And vice versa. So it's been really nice to see how we've grown together. And I'm so blessed to be able to say that because a lot of couples at this age who have been together as long as we have, they don't grow together. They definitely grow apart.
0: But do you, like, even
1: know <laughs> other couples who have been together that long? Um, No, no one's made it. No one's made it. And it's not like we knew, like, oh, all the couples in high school, but we knew a lot of them and a lot of them didn't make it. We know our best friends have been together, I think it'll be 10 years next year, right? So when we think about that, that was still early 20s when they got together. We have another set of friends who've been together since undergrad. They just got married. Um, But
0: no. That's so interesting. So your husband is Mm Nigerian-American? Yes. So he's first generation.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So have you been back Like, is his family still there? Like, have you been back to Nigeria with him? Oh
1: my gosh, this question. We just talked about this with his cousin two days ago because I, obviously, I want to go everywhere. And I'm like, you know, when are we going to go back to Nigeria? My husband actually hasn't been since he was two or three. And my (laughs) father-in-law was like, I'm not going back. Why would I go back? (laughs) So his, his cousin actually moved to the States about six and a half years ago and he got married in 2016 and so and they have children now and we have our kids and so i was just kind of in a group chat like when are you guys going to take us home like i want to we want to go to nigeria you want to take our kids there we want this to be part of our tradition you know um he does have some family there still but most of his aunts are in the uk now um he has a cousin a, several cousins here in the u.s cousin in France. So there's not too many family, too much family still in Lagos that we could link up with. But we do plan on going um, like the first of 2021, I think is what we said. We'll save up and make that happen.
0: But So you've been to Africa, though. You've been to another country.
1: I have not. No, I haven't made mm. it there yet.
0: Oh, I OK. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw a post where you were dressed for a wedding and Mm -hmm. you were discussing your Black American heritage and Mm -hmm. the sense of home Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: thinking that you would not find that necessarily in Africa.
1: Yeah that post was from um, our cousin's wedding from G-Day's wedding in 2016 and so uh, let's back up until like without like long story short, I guess being a black woman, being a black girl, I guess maybe where I grew up, I can't speak for growing up anywhere else, but, um, going to small, went to small private school and then going into a larger public school was really hard for me. Um, the transition from elementary to middle school. And I had a lot of questions about myself. Like how do I fit in if I'm being told I'm not black enough. I don't know how how else to be. When I look in the mirror, I'm pretty sure I'm black. (laughs) So I had a lot of questions in middle and high school. And then when I got to college was kind of when I just started to accept that this is my form of blackness, that who I am and how I'm representing myself is okay, you know? Because I always used to kind of think, okay, if I if I could get out and go somewhere and, and somewhere I'll feel comfortable, somewhere I'll feel like I'm supposed to be there and this and that. And by the time I met Jide, I was in my mid twenties and I just felt less of this need to find a place where I was wholly accepted, right? And I, I think I used to put a lot of pressure on myself to to visit Africa as far as Seeing a whole sea of people who look like me, right? And there being no sort of question of, I'm supposed to be here. I, you know, I felt like that was going to happen for me. So I was letting the pressure off of myself when I said that in that post. I was feeling less like, I don't need to just go somewhere so far from home to feel okay with who I am, you know? I'm okay with who I am here, there. When I get to Africa, I'll feel okay there too, you know? that's kind of what I was saying in that post. I was just kind of releasing that, that, that stress from me and giving myself some grace, honestly.
0: That is a combination, right? (laughs) Relieving stress Mm -hmm. and accepting that grace. Cause that is a thing. I don't know that. I don't know that we've talked about that enough or mm-hmm. at all on the podcast really that sense of belonging that's part of what the podcast is all about is that sense of belonging uh-huh. that's why I try to tell so many different stories right it's because mm-hmm. there's something different about I think I can't speak for any other culture but in black American culture there's something different about somebody who wants to leave home because not yeah. many people do yeah. not many people Absolutely. get the funds together that is usually the question how can you afford it mm-hmm. Um. So, first of all, you're weird for wanting to leave home. Second of all, mm-hmm. you're le- you're weird for staying gone. <laughs> and then, yeah. third of all, like how what makes you so special? Like, where'd you get this money to be able to to do this? Or like, mm-hmm. oh, you're backpacking, right? Like that kind of attitude towards it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So I find that very interesting because usually at home it is harder to see yourself. I think a lot of times if you are Mm -hmm. just a little bit different, there isn't that ready acceptance. Like we are a Mm -hmm. culture of roasters, right? We roast each other for any and everything. And so (laughs) finding people who you could geek out with about Chopin and like your love of books or uh, or the way we speak, I'm sure Mm -hmm. more than likely you were called white because of the way you speak.
1: Absolutely. Um, yes. I would meet people in person and they would say, I didn't know you were black. Like, cause they are like, you sounded white on the phone. It was like, what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Been there. Um,
0: so yeah. Being able to get in where you fit in and like figure, figure out where that place is. But like you said, it, it, it is absolutely inside your own skin, but it's just that mm-hmm. you, I think we're more than often made to feel so uncomfortable there so it's so radical for us to be able to accept the place where we are Yeah, live. I
1: think so too. Yes. Yeah, um. I think so too. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think it wasn't until college that I found, and I'm thinking of one girlfriend in particular who was like, she was probably one of the first Black women that I met um, in adulthood who was like goofy and she wanted to like, dance to Katy Perry with me and things like that you know and it was just like someone else like this exists you know and I was talking to my brother about it he lives in New York City and I never forget this we I was visiting him the year I graduated from college I was there for New Year's Eve and we were out dancing and I said something like oh my god I love this song I forgot what song it was it may have been Spice Girls or something and he was like he said something to me like, you are going to, you are whoever you want to be, Ashley. And if that means you want to dance all night to the Spice Girls, you do that. <laughs> and I was like, you're totally right. And I was <laughs> 22. Again, this, 20, this year, 22 was just, it keeps talking into my head, but you were so right, you know? And I didn't come to this conclusion overnight. I wasn't like, just, you know, this is who I am. The world can take it or leave it. Overnight, oh my- but like, but. Yeah, how can we? Because a lot of times
0: our parents give us nothing. They give us literally nothing. <laughs> and we are out oh, here wow. trying to figure our lives out. And that self, that that uh, being affirmed in ourselves,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, being told that we're okay as we are, that our hair is okay, that our skin is okay, that our body shapes are okay. Like our
1: parents, mm-hmm. generally speaking, did not give us that. Because they didn't have it. I mean, I, didn't. I, I can't say... I can't say that my mom did do that for me. She definitely did, and still does. And now I have a daughter, so you can only imagine the things that I'm like. Okay, the X, Y, Z, making a list of, reminding myself, say this to her, let her know this is okay, this, that, and the other. You know, it. Um. But yeah, like our parents, they didn't have that for themselves, and you can only do what you've done yeah. and what you've had done to you. Unless, you know what I mean?
0: Unless you are trying, like like you are trying with your daughter, yeah. you are for your preconceiving these ideas of, mm-hmm. of of what you need to tell her. And like mm-hmm. life is crazy and busy. And they was growing up, I mean it's not like a finger pointing thing, but it is like a no, no, accountability no. thing. Like, <laughs> no, you didn't give me this like as a parent. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's busy, right? It's really busy, like life in general. So having the yeah. wherewithal to take a step back and say, hey, this or that, this or that, watch out for mm-hmm. that. And, you know, mm-hmm. kids, we rarely listen anyway, but at least we can't say we weren't told, you know?
1: Oh, exactly. No, we, I think <laughs> there were lots of times I didn't listen to my mother and there were times when I was like ho- zoned in, like, okay, what are you saying exactly right now? And I still remember those times that she said she dropped some some gem and it was like, wow, okay, mom, yeah, I get it. I hear you. So I hope my daughter and my son have, remember some of the gems that I drop on them now. Not now, but that I can will continue to drop on them, I hope that. In adulthood, what, they I, look back and they say that too.
0: I think it absolutely is now because like it's all subconscious, right? All of our trauma, all of our
1: so
0: our ideas about ourselves are ourselves are formed at this super young age. Mm-hmm. They're forming now. Yeah. They're forming when they meet the kids on the playground, when they go to school. Like
1: mm-hmm. they're
0: being formed yeah. all the time. So
1: all the what time. You
0: doing? Keep doing that, unless you don't need thank to. Thank you, I'm
1: trying. <laughs> <laughs> right, unless you're messing up. <laughs> Take a <step> back, no?
0: <laughs> well, you know, vice I'm sure you're going to do the best you can. Um, About your mom, though, so like, she gives you a hard time about leaving the kids?
1: She used to. She used to give me, um, so my mom, my dad traveled, and when he graduated from college, so he went to Germany and somewhere else my aunt was actually stationed there with her first husband so my dad went over to Europe when he graduated so he kind of understands the whole idea of wanderlusting my mom didn't get out of the country till she was with my dad on one of the business trips that they went on um well scratch that she's gone out of the country like to Jamaica and Mexico before that but again with my dad so she wasn't she was an adult and so when she sees me wanting to go to to Europe, and then we went to Thailand one year. And she was like, "Thailand? What?" <laughs> like she couldn't fathom me going to Thailand or why I would want to go. And she doesn't give me a hard time. She just has this look where it's like, "Okay, you know that look your mom gives you." <laughs> She's like, "She doesn't want to, she doesn't want to start anything, but she doesn't want to like continue the conversation so much." She just says, "Okay," and <laughs> shakes her head and walks away. My mom used to give me a lot of that. But I don't know what changed. Maybe she's just accepted that I'm going to go as far and as often as I can. But now she's asking my advice on trips. She um, is reposting my blog. And not that she wouldn't do that before, but she's actively doing it now. And she's telling her friends, oh, man, my daughter writes. And um, my travel agency is very new, but it's been in my head for the last year or two. And... She's just so proud of me and I can feel that pride when I talk to her about it and she's listening and she's giving me feedback and um, yeah, I just, I can see the evolution of my mom really accepting that this is what I want to do and it being okay.
0: There's nothing like the mom plug, like, <laughs>
1: I'm your mom
0: serious right? stuff. That's just the sweetest and best it support so ever. Sweet. Look at what my daughter's doing.
1: <laughs> I love it. I do.
0: So that's really dope to be able to watch that evolution in the relationship to her, raising her eyebrow to her, like, being like, okay, girl, well, okay, well, yeah. What happened in Thailand? Like, what can I do there? Like, (laughs) (laughs)
1: right. Exactly.
0: And what, what about your dad? You said your dad traveled in Europe, uh, when he was out of college. So like he gets it, but has he ever said anything about, you and your relationship you wanting to travel you with your kids and you wanted to travel and
1: such as far as my relationship my dad was very concerned when i transferred schools after the first year of college because i wanted to um i was in school in sacramento and i hated it hated it and so i transferred to san jose and i have i have an aunt and a cousin there and so i just i quit going to san jose often because my family, I family there and so i just felt way more at home in San Jose and yeah this guy I kind of loved he was there too so as far as my relationship my dad was very concerned about me transferring schools he thought I would get pregnant and not finish school and blah 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 fast forward to however many years later um it all worked out we got married we had kids we have a career we graduated college and have you know several degrees between us now you know so he's he's okay with that as far as the travel, is concerned. He supports. He's always supported in my traveling. Always kind of been like, "Oh, that's going to be cool. We're going to have a great time there." Where he kind of put the brakes on it was when we had kids. Okay, he is like, "Why do you have to take my grandkids all over the place?" <laughs> 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 we went to in December. Solomon was ten months old. We went to this, we went to Europe, and we were planning to go to Paris and Madrid. Um, Paris was having those yellow vest riots. Was it yellow vest? Yellow coat riots and um the way people were telling us it was like oh yeah paris they have rights they strike every month don't worry about it kind of thing and i was like i really want to go to paris who doesn't and obviously we're taking the baby and my dad was so bothered he made us change our trip like kind of at the last minute so we ended up in amsterdam but i kind of don't tell them where we're going so soon anymore like we'll be in puerto rico <laughs> next month <laughs> we'll be in puerto rico in december for um for gloria panmo's sisterhood summit because i'm part of her sisterhood circle and i just told my mom i think last week that we're going to all be there because they just they worry about the kids they're more like leave the kids here y'all will do whatever you want but so leave the grandkids here and do your own thing so i'm getting pushed back again for traveling with with Solomon. we haven't gone anywhere with Corinne yet but it's just funny. My dad's like, you guys go, go risk your lives somewhere else but leave the baby with us.
0: My goodness. Dang, dad.
1: That's yes. funny.
0: <laughs> that's so that's so awesome, too, though, to have parents that are so uh, present in their grandkids' lives. You talk about like moving closer and closer to your parents every time y'all move.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, we yeah. have. No, seriously. I used to think, I was like, when I graduate, I'm going to go to Spelman. I had all these brands ideas. Again, you learn about yourself, right? Every year you learn something more and more. And when I went to Sacramento, that was like an hour from home. I was miserable. And my dad was like, yeah, that's why we didn't let you go to And Girl, you couldn't have lasted in Atlanta. That's too far from us. <laughs> and it's true. This huge, I started to move closer and closer to home. I started moving closer and closer because it's cheaper out this way, if I'm being completely honest. San Jose is very expensive. So the, you know, the further you move east, the more you can get, more house you can get kind of thing. Um, but yeah, the the place we're at in our lives with children, um, it just makes sense to be closer to home.
0: So tell me what it's like. So the husband is first generation mm-hmm. Nigerian-American. Have there been culture clashes? Because it seems for all intents and purposes like he's American culturally. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't seem yeah. like he has roots in Nigeria very much mm-hmm. or the Nigerian culture.
1: Yeah, I, I think and I'll only speak on kind of what I've seen um, as far as teenage experiences. Um, in college is when he found like a real strong Niger community. And um, obviously he totally embraced it and they totally embraced him. I don't know if he's felt a culture clash or an identity kind of situation within himself. I know that there haven't been any in our lives together so much. I mean, there was definitely um, a time in college when, I don't remember who told me this, but someone was like, someone was basically saying that their girls were talking that Tune should have been with a, a girl, with a Nigerian girl and not an American girl. And it was just kind of like, well, damn, what am I supposed to do about that? <laughs> like, this is awkward. Um, but that was probably the only class I think I can speak of, or at least the only one that comes to mind. So that that didn't even... my viewpoint. That, that
0: didn't register between you and he. That was just like an outside yeah. your relationship kind of mm-hmm. comment. Okay. Yeah. I, I was just curious yeah. about that because, you know, sometimes like... I met Nigerian (laughs) men and like we seem to have very different values and very different ideas Uh, about humanity and what mm -hmm. qualifies as such. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. I didn't know like, (laughs) you seem like very liberated and I didn't know what your experience Mm -hmm. was with that. So I was just. Oh no, he's
1: yeah. (laughs) In that regard, my husband is very much, he's he's very much American and (laughs) Yeah, the liberated part you're getting from me, I've been this way my whole life. This wouldn't have worked. He and I wouldn't have worked from the beginning had <laughs> he kind of been the type to tell me what I couldn't and couldn't do. And so <laughs> the thought of it, I'm sure if he was listening, he'd be laughing. I just <laughs> <idea>.
0: <laughs> Well, In that regard,
1: yeah, he's... <laughs> yeah, he's very culturally American, and I I know that he wants to be more um, connected to his Nigerian roots, and so do I, especially now that we have children. Um yeah. But yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. I was just curious about that <laughs> because you, you like, like we we're talking about. It's a uh, a range. Like blackness is not a monolith. So you could yeah. be this or that by label, but your experience with that label is going to be really different.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because there,
0: there, a lot of the ladies that I've I've um, interviewed, like they identify as like Nigerian, even though they may be living in America, living in London or whatever. They identify Mm -hmm. as the the country of their roots. Some Mm -hmm. of them were born there. Some of them weren't, but um, I don't know. That identity piece seems to be very important to some people. So I was just curious Mm -hmm. about how that played in your life. I'm also curious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You talk about like social pressures of being... A mom. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you, like, how that impacted you. Um, you talk about, like, how, like, with your parents, people expect you to be with your kids, but also, mm-hmm. like, how actually living the role of a mother, you can be inundated with the day in and day out. Like, you were talking about, yeah. like, you never feel like your laundry's always done or that things it's are as clean done. as you want them to be or. Never. So um, in how, I don't know, sometimes people are trying to fill that role and they Mm -hmm. feel like they're failing because we don't get to see a lot of times. We don't see like long term relationships often. We don't see inside marriages and how. Mm-hmm. much people argue. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Oh, uh, or what
0: or what they argue about? I mean aside mm-hmm. from that movie The Breakup, but <laughs> <laughs> but like we we just don't see that and often I don't think that we see what it's like to be a real life flesh and blood day in and day out, mother. Um mm-hmm. so I wanted to ask you about that uh, about your role as a mother and how you feel as as you're growing into this second second series
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) um let's see with solomon and he was just born in 2018 so this was just the end of 2019 my kids are 19 months apart so growing into being a mother you know there's this pressure and and socially i want to start with the top breastfeeding right it's like if you can't give your child breast milk from the breast from the source what are you doing you know there was all that pressure breastfeeding did not work out for me and solomon so i pumped which i recommend if you can if you can stand it but look again zero judgment here because it is hard there's the debate about formula there's the debate about daycare about being a stay-at-home mom about how much i work i work full-time i have to work full-time i live in the bay area we need two incomes right (laughs) like and i enjoy working there's no way i could be a stay-at-home mom i just I need to be um, to be out of the house and be with other adults. And with that comes a commute, with that comes time away from home. Um, I'm constantly reminding myself to be okay with Solomon being in daycare because he's almost two now, so he's learning so much. He's learning so much more than I could ever teach him. Um, and then with Corinne, she's so tiny, while I want to keep her home as long as possible, she also will go to daycare. And it's not like they're going to be missing out on me time because in exchange for that, I'm putting them in the best daycares that I can, right? It's constantly kind of reminding myself I'm doing the best that I can, despite these other things I can't do. Um, And trying to make up for the lack of time during the week on the weekends and in the evenings and, all of that. This time around with with Corinne, we call her Coco. With Coco, I'm a lot like softer on myself, right? I'm not stressing so much about the laundry, about my house. With Solomon, it was like the house needs to be spotless. I don't want him to catch anything. And they're gonna get sick. I mean, it is what it is. We all got sick. We all survived. We're fine with a little dirt on the floor. My house will never be clean because the kid likes to come and just throw everything around. It's kind of funny. I think it's cute. My husband doesn't think it's so cute. Um, <laughs> but I don't really mind my living room looking a mess. The laundry's never done because someone's always spilling something on themselves or spitting up or this and that. And that's just life with kids. Like, if you expected your house to be spotless or if you expected to have super nice furniture, which again, I'm reminding myself to stick with my crappy couch for a couple more years, then you're not ready for kids because kids will ruin everything. Even in the short time that my sweet son has been here, he's ruining things. And that's fine. It's the beauty of having kids. So for me, I kind of take every bit of motherhood that that it comes with. I take it all in. And I I love all of it except for the lack of sleep. But I'm very optimistic that I'm going to sleep again. Some people say you'll never sleep again. I don't believe that. That's a lot. <laughs> oh my god i'm gonna sleep <laughs> and I'm
0: optimistic i will sleep again and that is the realest yeah. thing has ever been said on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> yep that sounds about right not yeah, that i would know i'm from gonna sleep. sleep no not the sleep part it's just like the being really hard on yourself the first mm-hmm. time around and the second time around being like yeah hey, well I guess yeah, it, with, works
1: like, out, with, it works out. It works out. It really, really does.
0: You had a word for the year of 2019 and that word was growth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How has that word danced with you this year?
1: So at the end of 2018, I went to um, glow with hand glow graphics is her handle on Instagram. I went to her inaugural sisterhood circle retreat in um in mexico and so the, i met glow at audacity fest in oakland in september and i kind of like you know i fangirled i'm like oh my god Glow, Glow, Glo. right you know you freak out when you meet someone who you've never stuck who you really admire and then she announced she just kind of put in her stories um i'm thinking of doing this thing and celebrating new year's eve with some with some women drop your email and i dropped my email this is like october november maybe And I was like, okay, let's see what this is about. (laughs) So she emailed out whomever had sent their emails in and basically says, she kind of explains what the retreat is about for for women entrepreneurs who are starting or who have a small business. And I was like, wow, like I had just kind of started my blog seriously earlier in 2018 and had all these ideas of what I wanted my life to look like, right? How I would love to be home or home more often, um, not work so much make my own money, be my own boss at my own hours, and be more free, right? Isn't that the dream? So I um, told her that, and she, like, accepted me into the sisterhood circle, even though I was the smallest fish in that pond, trust me. Like, the girls that I went with, they were, they had their businesses established. They were earning money already, um, and so that was the end of 2018. So this, the sisterhood retreat actually ended January second, twenty nineteen, because it was over the New Year's holiday. And so when I say growth, I mean like just scaling and just kind of putting all these pieces together to have what I now have, which is the travel agency that I've started and which is the blog at the point that my blog is at right now. Because before I had, I don't know, maybe a dozen, less than a dozen posts on my blog and I didn't really know what I was doing with Instagram. I didn't really know what I was um, doing as far as having a business, what that looks like, what that meant. And I've done so much this year. I've learned about SEO for my blog. I've learned about Google Analytics. Um, I've taken a photography course. I've taken an affiliate marketing course, visited. I went to TravelCon this year. I'll be back with Glow and the ladies and then some at the retreat in Puerto Rico in December. And so this year for me has been about professional growth as well as personal growth because obviously I've added to my family um we moved out further east um we bought a home so we have a single family now which has always been our list of things to do we wanted to accomplish for our for our family we wanted to grow into a home with a yard and you know all that stuff that that comes with so um had another baby i'm just happy i'm just fulfilled like this year has been amazing and i don't know how 2020 is going to top 2019, but I know that it will. And I just, the goal was to grow in every aspect of, of my life. And I feel that, um, internally I've grown in the way that I listen to the, to the world around me, if that makes sense. Um, I've been telling a lot of people this year that they need to just shut up and listen to to the universe and listen to what god is telling them to do and i don't say that as like a religious fanatic because i'm in no way religious but i have my own relationship with god and i have to just listen and stop telling myself i can't do something or telling myself i need to wait to do something um then just do it and just just listen to when the time is right and it'll happen and you'll just drop it and it'll work out so in that way i've grown and i feel larger I feel more confident um if that makes sense my my life is just filling in you know it's like I don't see these holes of inconsistency like I used to or um incompleteness like oh I, I've always wanted to do that but I never did it you know I'm doing it I'm doing stuff that I really wanted to do in the past I kind of gave up on I'm starting to pick up those habits again and and um work towards goals that I didn't think I could accomplish before And that's what I meant when I said glow. And it's been great. I mean, I don't know what my word for 2020 will be. I just started thinking about that. Thank you for asking, (laughs) for bringing that back up.
0: Yes. What do you think shifted for you? So like a lot of people know where they are. Mm -hmm. They have an idea of some places they want to go, but Mm -hmm. the action is missing. And a lot of times it's because of some of the things that you said, like, Self doubt, imposter syndrome, so forth and so on. What what shifted for you though? What helped you to to move?
1: Um, I attribute a lot of it to Glow because, um, I guess for me, I didn't know anyone else who was starting a business. My husband is an engineer. I told you he has his, his own construction management. Firm, which is very small. He has, you know, he has this one client. And he's he's doing great things, but it's a totally different field than what I want to do, right? And so, when I went to the Sisterhood Circle retreat, I'm with these phenomenal Black women who are doing amazing things, right? Led by this woman who I've followed for the last several years on Instagram, who's just kind of been like this fictional character in my head, right? Like I don't know who if Glow was really this person in in person that she portrays on online and she is that person and then some she's encouraging she's inspiring she's motivating and i saw these other black women who were who were thriving and who are equally as encouraging and motivating and inspiring you know and i think that's what it was i had to see that yeah i can do this i can be this age that i am right now and have success like i need to work on it that's fine but i can have it and there's nothing holding me back but myself Nothing at all. No one is telling me I can't do this. It's all in my own head. So if I want to do it, I need to just go after it. And some of the skills that Glow shared with us, like she said, she taught taught us about starting big and kind of working your way down small into the tiniest details about how you get to that big picture item. And those were things I hadn't thought of before. You know, like okay, I know I would love to plan people's trips, and um, because that makes me happy, I love planning trips. How do I monetize that? Right. So I went from this idea of what I liked to do to how do I make a living out of it? Right. And Glow kind of put the p- missing pieces in between the two goals for me and showed me that it was possible. And then if you follow Glow, you know she's doing amazing things. Right. And so I'm just like, wow, I can, I can do these things. This is totally possible for me. You know, not that I didn't think I could do it as a Black woman, but it's, it means a whole lot more to see other black women doing things, you know, when you can see someone who looks like you doing something, it makes all the difference.
0: Speaking of which, so Glow is not the only uh, mega star, mega black woman travel Mm -hmm. star you've met. You've Mm -hmm. also met Onika. You met her at Audacity as well.
1: Yes. She's doing incredible stuff too. And um, I've followed her, I don't. I feel like I've always been obsessed with these black travel bloggers. I don't even remember when I'm when I found her, but she decided. I think it was like a year or two ago to give herself a year to get into travel media, and she has blown up, right? Not surprisingly at all because she's she's phenomenal. But I did. I briefly met her as well, and I haven't met her since then. This was 2018, right? Um, September. I haven't met her since then, but I still do try to engage with her on Instagram because I'm just I just love her and everything that she does and she's doing great work. But she's also pregnant now and she'll be a new mom in what, like two months or something. So I'm excited to see that transition for her and for her life and because she travels way more than I do. <laughs> you know? So that's exciting to see how how her life will change. But yeah, Glow and Onika have been idols of mine forever. Some people idolize movie stars i idolize the travel bloggers right so yeah i love both of them
0: so it's something about seeing these women or like being in the same space because uh audacity fest that is the nomadness tribe um annual like get together kind of joint uh Mm -hmm. where they talk like all things travel essentially like travel business and and such um Mm -hmm. and then the sisterhood that you went to that was only focused on on the business part um so you have intentionally put yourself in these spaces and you mm-hmm. said you went to travel con so you are putting yourself in in these spaces and you are reaching out and like opening yourself up to connecting with people that look like you for the purposes mm-hmm. of of growing mm-hmm. and that is what is pushing you to Claim more space for yourself to mm-hmm. to do the to complete the not complete but um focus on the growth you said in business financially and personally
1: mm-hmm.
0: man, that's fantastic
1: <laughs> because it's I' don't a beautiful I, thing
0: I don't know that people are as intentional a lot of times, you know they're just yeah, like, yeah, I do this and maybe they do some research, maybe they don't, but um, yeah, being able to actually hone in on it.
1: Yeah, and it's not easy, it's definitely not. It's a lot of work and um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's very, very rewarding. And I'm glad that I've taken these steps because it's, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change a dime I've spent this year on investing in myself and investing in my business and getting to know these people. And I've just never felt so excited about something I've been doing. Just kind of like the the people you get to meet, they're just, they're so much like me, right? Because they, they've been more places than I have. They've spent more time in non-traditional spaces, right? They've, you know, it's just, it's exciting to see people who are doing things that you want to do or that you've done or, you know, you aspire to, to do. And it's a great, space to be in
0: absolutely i think it opens up your mind in a whole different kind of way Mm -hmm. being around those people and it's like uh having years and years of experience under one roof
1: yeah it is and and i imagine that that's what it's like when for anyone who has a passion for something uh, when you get into a room with other folks who have done that who've accomplished it or who are um at least where you are or even the ones who are who didn't even even have because at TravelCon there's people of all different uh they're all different stages in their blogging journey right and there are some folks who didn't even have a blog yet they were just thinking about one and they went to TravelCon. so it's it's interesting to even see the the seed being planted in and people who haven't yet started their blog and even just talking to them about it you know just being in a space it's just i don't know it's just really comfortable for me i guess so when you were
0: first, you, you said the very first trip you took uh, by yourself was Mexico.
1: By myself with Costa Rica.
0: Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Um, was that a difficult thing for you to embrace at the time?
1: Yeah, when I booked the trip, so I have, a, I have a master's degree in Spanish. And when I booked the trip, I was looking for somewhere I could go for a little bit of time, um, and just kind of be immersed in a in a Spanish-speaking culture. And I, I couldn't afford Spain at that time. And so I, when I'd been to Mexico, so I didn't want to go to Mexico, I chose Costa Rica and went to, you know, as part of this program, and where I would be teaching English, but I'd be living with the host family. And so when I booked that trip I was very confident that I would be having this like living this amazing life for two weeks where I would meet amazing people and I'd make lifelong friends and um I'd travel the country on the weekends and all this stuff anyway when I left home I was miserable I was absolutely miserable I missed my husband I was scared I was terrified okay um to be so far from home and by myself, and. Looking back on that experience, there were definitely some things I should not have done that by the grace of God I survived. <laughs> number one. And number two, um, I learned a lot about the kind of traveler that I want to be, the kind of woman I am, despite the kind of woman I wished I was, because there were moments where I was a complete brat and where I was like, this is awful. I don't know why I did this. I need to go home. I almost can't, I almost shortened my trip at least three times. That was just so uncomfortable in certain places, in certain um, normal things in Costa Rica. And um, I learned so much about myself on that trip. And I haven't taken a solo trip that far since then. Um, but I am i think I'm due one. I'm due a, a long distance solo trip again and kind of see how I've changed, how I've grown in being by myself because I've traveled obviously by myself to conferences and things like that, but not even being around people. How do I, where should I go to be by myself, not around people and see how the experience is different this next time.
0: Hmm. So you just had to kind of figure your way out (laughs) or around. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. I think a lot of, a lot of women are afraid of that figuring out stage. Like what happens if this and what happens if that? And then like they just don't take the trip. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> yeah, and I think if I were if I were thinking about it, well, no, that's not true. I was gonna say if I'm thinking about it now, I probably wouldn't have done it. I would have done it. I would do it now. If I had never done it, I would still want to do it. And I don't regret having done it because I learned a lot, like I said. But it can be very intimidating. Especially leaving the country by yourself, you know? But because I think um I Understood the language, and I knew that I could get around. Okay, that definitely saved me. I don't think I could go by myself to to a, a country or to a city that majority wasn't English or Spanish. That would that would make me very uncomfortable. So I can see I can see people coming from that perspective.
0: You know, even if that country were Italy.
1: Oh well, I'm thinking of like it, obviously Italy's. It's Italy, of course. You can go there by yourself, but I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like a place that's maybe so for me. I thought Costa Rica would be because I was in the capital. I thought San Jose, Costa Rica, would be a lot more like San Jose, California, like the dummy that I am. That's what I thought, right? And so I got there, and it wasn't quite. It has its, its places, yeah. It's not. It's not some you know dirt road kind of place, not at all. But it's not what I expected, and so I was a lot more uncomfortable than I expected I would be, right? So I say that to say if you if I was going somewhere. I think even in Italy where it wasn't what I expected and I didn't speak the language, I would be thrown off for sure.
0: Okay. <laughs> why, yeah. why Italy? So Italy holds a special place in your heart. Why?
1: It does. Um, so in 2016, 2016 is when we started um, trying for a family. And so we had a really, really bad loss. Um, I was very far along in a pregnancy that we lost at the end of 2016 and so 2017 was really like, it was a terrible, terrible year for me, the whole year. And I took some time off at the beginning of the year kind of to heal. And um, it was actually my mom who said to me that I needed to get back into the swing of like my life. And she was telling me, I needed to book a trip. And she's like, I need you to choose somewhere you've been wanting to go and go there. Because it's time for all of us to kind of pick ourselves back up from this and we i found a deal to london so we got to london for like 400 bucks and then we went on to venice and rome so and this was march so when we got to venice it was moody it was foggy it was cold it was dark and it was everything i felt outside you know and it was just this I don't know if I can explain to anyone who's never felt like a darkness in them, but it was just, I needed to be in that kind of space. And, and we were going, we did a walking tour. We went to, um, we did some, went to see some other things. We got lost in the canals. We, um, it was just this very, I don't know what the word is. It was just amazing. It was everything I needed. It was dark. It was sad. And then we went to Rome, and Rome is like, it's, just, it's like a major city that, that never slows down. Um, you, everywhere you turn is a piece of history. It's amazing. It, Rome was phenomenal. And so that's really why Italy means so much to me. And I never expected it to mean so much. I thought, oh, we'll go to Venice. We'll go to Rome. It'll be, it'll be what it is. But that's really why. I think it's just the point in my life where I was at. I felt like I needed something. I didn't know what. But when I got to Venice, it it would just, I don't know, it was the most alive that I felt in, like, three months. So that's really why it really is so special to me.
0: It's something about, like, the weather or the outside world mirroring mm-hmm. how you feel on the inside. There's, like, some comfort mm-hmm. in that. Because I mm-hmm. think when you're grieving, like, you experience the grief like no one else does.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: Like people can sympathize and empathize, but they don't, they didn't have the bond and the connection that you had or have to Mm -hmm. experience the loss, the way that you experienced it. So.
1: Exactly. um, Mm
0: -hmm. Finding that comfort. Yeah. That, that could be really transformative. Um, For, for me, like when I was dealing with loss, like yoga helped a lot because it Mm -hmm. was like, you know, doing the, the poses, the asanas, and the breathing—I felt like I could point to a place on my body where mm-hmm. it hurt, versus it being this mass of hurt inside me mm-hmm. that was like on. Un- I couldn't put a pinpoint on it. It was just roaming around, aching inside me. Mm-hmm. Versus like, oh, like my hips hurt because like I'm doing this pose. Like this is where the pain is. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so like just having it kind of like outside you or being able to like I don't know try to trying to feel what you're feeling outside of you. I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's so hard to explain what what it what it felt like, but it was just I don't know, it was just the most comfortable I felt in that moody little town. Like, you know, it's just, I just needed to be somewhere as moody as I was and that's where it was. It was great. Yeah.
0: I'm so glad you had that experience. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people just like sit in it, you know, and they, I, I, I think a lot of people just don't recover. But oh,
1: yeah. I thought, I thought for the longest time I was going to completely lose my mind. I thought I was going to break. The first time I laughed again, I thought I was like, this is it. I've lost my mind. It's over, you know, and I very purposely wanted to go through it and not go around it. You know, you have to go through it. And that's probably also p- the transition that I, I made um, in 2018, because once I could finally say, okay, 2017 is over, my son was born at the end of January 2018, that was safe, that was, um, that, you know, he was here okay. I feel like that. this is a whole new chapter of my life, right? So I look at things a lot differently now, a lot differently than I used to. I try not to take anything or anybody for granted, you know, cause it's just, you just don't know what's going to happen. You have no idea what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, that experience has absolutely made me the mother. I am the woman. I am the person I am in this world. It's just completely changed my perspective on uh, everything, honestly. And yeah, you have to go through grief. Like that, not you don't have to experience grief. I'm not saying if you haven't lost anything or anybody, then you're not, you know, a, a whole human yet. No, but if you have to face it, you have to go through it,
0: or it'll go through you, one way or the other. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, with that, are there any particular self care practices that you have that have helped you through? Uh, not just that period, but just overall to be whole and well?
1: So I was thinking about this question a lot, because this is something that's been on my mind a lot since um, since Coco was born, because my, my time is either is always taking care of somebody and some baby somewhere. So um, before Coco was born, my self-care routine was like, taking a nice long shower, something small like that, you know, cause I always wanted to spend all of my free time with Solomon and I didn't want him to think that I was too busy for him. Now that she's here, I'm really ready to pick up a lot of the stuff I used to do and used to enjoy small things like getting my nails done. I used to get my nails done religiously. I'm ready to pick that back up. <laughs> I'm ready to um, carve aside time to work out. Um, I, again, don't know when that's going to happen, but I need to find time to do that to take care of me cooking and eating better. I love getting a massage and I don't get that often enough. So I would like to kind of strategically schedule time for massages, times for mani pedis times where I'm by myself again, because I like being alone, not all the time, but the moments when the house is silent. I love that. Even if it's for an hour or two. I, I'm that is self-care to me. It's not having to talk to anybody, not having to take care of anybody, not having to do anything, but whatever I want to do for that hour or two. That's self-care for me.
0: And is there anything that helps you feel grounded in particular?
1: Hmm. Um. You know, spending time with my parents helps me feel grounded because i'm really close to them to both of them and so when i'm able to like go to their house we you know we'll go over there and spend the day um yeah i think that that brings me back back to i guess not reality but kind of it does it grounds me because i get to go home take off my shoes hang out with them all day and sit out in the backyard and drink coffee and cook dinner and all those things And because there are two more two more bodies there, there's two more people to help me with my kids. Right. So then I can really kind of pull back and kind of like enjoy the sunshine a little bit more. So, yeah, I would say I would say hanging out with my parents and my whole family, you know, my husband, kids, my parents, that's grounding for me.
0: And is there any particular way you like to explore a new place when you're traveling?
1: Yeah, depending on the kind of trip I'm taking, if it is a like a beach vacation, like we went to Fiji earlier this year, and the goal of that trip was simply to find a nice beach and sit in the sunshine, and that is exactly what we did. So there was no exploring; it was perfect. It was just as relaxing as it needed to be. In a big city, however, I love to take walking tours, and for the simple reason that they are. An amazing way to get around a city. You have uh, a tour guide who knows so much history. You can't you can't learn this history in the amount of time that that you learn on a walking tour. And I like to do those kind of not as soon as I get somewhere, but within the first day or two to kind of start the start my gears right. So, if for instance in Paris, we did a walking tour this summer. And they're pointing out all these places that I've never heard of and giving me all of this Parisian history that I didn't know. Um, and so from there, then I can say, okay, I want to go back to that place and learn more about that spot tomorrow or the next day. Um so I kind of let that dictate what I do on the rest of my time in that city. And I just kind of take it easy the first couple of days. Like the walking tour is an option, or I'll just we'll just kind of walk around ourselves and kind of get a lay of the land. We put a pin in our maps on our phone and then we just walk around and we find our way back to our hotel or our Airbnb when we get back.
0: Whenever that happens. And do you have any like hobbies or interests that aren't necessarily about money? Like making um, money.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> making money. Um I enjoy reading when I can. And yeah, I would say reading, honestly. And I don't get to do it often enough. I've actually read a lot of more books this year than I have in a while. Um, But I'm still looking at, I'm looking around my desk right now and I have three books that are staring me in the face that I bought and haven't even opened yet. <laughs> so yeah, I would say reading is a hobby, but it's really hard to get time to read now. I read if everyone else is asleep and I can't sleep or something. But that's something that I like to do that's not revolving on earning money.
0: <laughs> um <laughs> What kind of books? Are they, so are they business the
1: books? Some, yeah, okay. Looks okay, yes. So some of them are and some of them aren't. So I'm trying to do something where I read a like a personal development slash business book and then I read something I that will just be for pure enjoyment. So this year I read um what is it called High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard, which I recommend highly. It's such a great book. That was more that was a personal development book, right? And then I read um, Michelle Obama's book after that, right? That I've been wanting to read. And so I go back and forth between something that's going to be, you know, going to benefit me professionally and something that's just going to be beneficial to my soul, right? So I go back and forth. And that actually works a lot for me. I don't have to feel so guilty that I'm only reading books for fun or that I'm only reading books for educational purposes. So switching between the two kind of genres works really well for me.
0: And I wanted to ask, like, we were talking way earlier about your sense of belonging. Have you been able to, like, find a a group that you identify with and keep in touch with? Like, is that the sisterhood circle? Or do you have any folks locally that you connect with? Um, I've
1: got, you know, I've got my girlfriends that are separate that I've had for several years, like, I've got those girls. And then, yeah, I talked to the girls in the circle. We at least touch base once a month to go over our goals for the current month and what we accomplished based on our goals from the previous month. So, and I also have them. Um, But as far as like a group and a community, what I was looking for when I, when Solomon first came was a group or a community of black traveling families. And I didn't feel like I could find that anywhere. And that's, that's where the title fly family came from for my travel agency it was from this desire to want to find other traveling families right um which i have found through instagram i found other moms who travel with their kids but i wanted to like cultivate kind of this this need that i had but wasn't really finding it so i have like my girlfriends i have the girls from the circle i have Uh, my family, but as far as like this kind of completed circle of of families that also like to travel, families of color that like to travel, um, I'm trying to cultivate that now. And that would be, that would be a dream of mine is to kind of, kind of have that come to fruition in the next year. So one of the, the ultimate things I want to do is um, have family retreats. I know everyone has a retreat. But I want to do family retreats because I want to bring families together who can support one another, who are doing the same thing that I'm doing. That I want to, you know, I want to find people who are like me and find kids like my kids who they can befriend and they can say, yeah, you know, our family went to this place and that place too, you know, and share experiences. And I hope that that works out. I I, I believe it will. So,
0: especially if you stop saying. <laughs> Stuff like, I know ah. everybody has a retreat,
1: man. I know. See, I know. I know. Okay. And that was, okay. that. every time I say something like that, I hear it come out of my mouth and it's like, I roll, right? <laughs> <laughs> I rolled my, know my own eyes. No, I get it. <laughs> good, <laughs> I, I do. No, I know. I will have a family retreat in 2021. It will be in Tulum, Mexico, because that's where I want it to be. And yep. Yeah, It's going to happen. I like that because that's where I want it to be. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to happen. Yeah. Yep. Well,
0: I wanted to ask you, um, do you have any song lyrics or poem, a poem that speaks to you these days?
1: Oh man, I knew this question was coming. Um, I don't really get to listen to too much music currently, but since having Corinne, Um, Beyonce's Girls Who Run The World has been like running through my head nonstop. And I love it. I love that song. And I love that now I have a little girl who I can can dance to that song too one day. Um, But one of my favorite poems, it's called Footsteps and it comes in a bunch of different versions. If you Google it, you you will or you will not find the version that I prefer, which is the one that kind of, um, it has like a rhyming quality to it. But the poem essentially talks about, about going through life and um, you see the footprints of God, or you see footprints walking next to you in the sand. And there are moments when you feel like your life is extremely hard, where there are no footprints walking near, walking beside you. And in the poem, the, the subject says to God, she's praying and she says basically, where were you when I need you the most? And then God responds that, you know, my dear child, this was, those are the times that I carried you. That's why there's only one set of footprints in the sand. That is my favorite poem and something that I think about often when I, if ever, I'm feeling alone or especially kind of lost, which still happens despite having an amazing year. There are moments where I'm just like, am I even doing the right thing? Um, I think about that poem a lot.
0: Solid. So I will try to find your version. You said it's rhymy.
1: Yes. Uh Um, and I can send it to you. My mom has the one that rhymes that I really like, and she actually said I could have it, so I'm going to steal it from her next time I go home. But I've tried to find this on my own, and I'm not finding the exact version that she has, but I'll send it to you. Okay. And I would also
0: like to give you an opportunity to have listeners support your work. So where do you want them to go to connect? Yeah,
1: so visit my um travel agency site so i have two sites right my travel agency is fly with two y's flyy family.com and that is where i am your travel expert okay i want to plan all your trips i want to go on this journey with you um i'm very detail oriented and i just love deep diving into a location and deep diving into all the things you can do and how to get there and xyz so that's, that's my, my one business. And then I have my blog and that is from myworld.com And it's where I talk about all things, traveling with families, with babies, with um, mostly traveling with babies actually, because that's just my life right now. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram. My Instagram handle is from.my.world. And um, I love interacting with people on there. Instagram is so much fun. I love getting to see people's lives and watch their stories and, you know, I have, I want to work as much as anyone else. (laughs) So yeah, that's where you can find me all those places.
0: And is there anything that I didn't ask you that you would like the opportunity to share about yourself, uh, Mm -hmm. family life, business life, something you would tell someone starting off? You don't have to have an answer for this, by the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say, you know, like I said, I told you earlier that I've been telling people to just shut up and listen. And if that could be the one thing people take away from listening to me burn my mouth for this hour or however long it's been, is that just to shut up and just listen and accept what you're hearing in return and make it happen. Like if you want to do something that seems super far-fetched and like you have no business doing it, so what? shut up and do it. Listen to what God, the universe, whatever deity you you respect is telling you to do and just do it because you won't regret it. So that's something I, I want people to do. I want everyone to just do what makes them happy. That is solid advice.
0: Thank you so <laughs> much, Ashley. I really appreciate you being on the show and sharing all your good, good jewels with us. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you
1: well, thank you so much for having me and you're doing amazing work and I'm so happy to watch this podcast grow it's amazing thank you for having me
0: I'm happy to watch it grow too I could use, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I could well, use thank you <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been my pleasure for real for real thank you very much well you of have course. you have yourself a gorgeous day yeah thank you will do (laughs) (laughs) all right take care ashley
1: okay bye wanda bye